Before we ever gave my parents granddaughters, we first gave them a grand dog. Baby steps. Our first dog as a couple was a little black and white Shih Tzu named Rocket. He was a sweetheart. He was about three years old when we adopted him, but he was an old soul. But Andrea did teach him some new tricks. She taught him to sit, roll over, lay down, go nigh-nigh, and eventually, with a lot of coaxing and even more treats, she taught him to speak. We decided we would let him sleep in our bed with us, so each night he jumped up on our bed and usually slept on my pillow. It was strange, but it was also somehow sweet. I woke up one morning in the wee hours of the morning, but Rocket wasn't on my pillow. He wasn't beside me. He wasn't around me. I tried to find him in our dark room, but I couldn't find him anywhere. Then I felt something or someone pulling on the covers at the foot of the bed. I got up to see if he was laying there, but I couldn't find him there either. Where was he? And what or who was pulling on the covers? I searched underneath the covers at the foot of the bed, and that's where I found Rocket. He had fallen off the edge of the bed, and he was trapped beneath the covers over the edge of the bed. I woke Andrea, and we worked fast to rescue him before he ran out of air. We were terrified. We came close to losing our little guy. And that shook us for a while, but he was all right. We would be all right. In a moment in the middle of the night, so much could go so wrong, and we wouldn't even know it. Rocket was a buddy, but he was no baby. He was a dog. We would miss him, but we could replace him. Never so with a baby. Any bereft mother or father can tell you no one can take the place of a son or daughter. But late one night in the middle of the night, one morning mother found out how quickly it could all go wrong, and by the morning it would be up to the newly crowned King Solomon to sort out the sad story. Hey, good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to The Wisdom of Solomon on Simplify. Late one night, while Solomon was in Gibeon, he dreamed a dream he would never forget. God appeared to him and made him a deal. Solomon, ask anything you want, and it's yours. Solomon got one swipe on God's gilded, limitless credit card. In his dream, he knew to ask God for his wisdom to lead God's people. Even though it was just a dream, God smiled and approved that holy transaction. And as a cashback bonus, God promised Solomon riches and fame. Sometime later, Solomon was going through the morning meeting when two women came to meet him. One of them spoke up immediately. Her eyes were swollen and puffy. Tears kept racing down her face. Please, sir, this woman, as she pointed to the other woman who walked in with her, we, we live in the same house, she and I. We, we both had a baby about the same time. And one night when it was just her and me in the house with our babies, we were both asleep. I know, I know she didn't mean to do it, but she rolled over on her baby and smothered him. When she realized what she had done, she got up in the middle of the night and she swapped her dead baby for my living baby. And in the morning when I woke up to feed my son, the baby in my arms was not my baby and he was not breathing. I knew he wasn't mine. I know my baby. The other mother interrupted. The dead baby is your baby. The living baby is my baby. You're lying. No, I'm not. I know my baby. I'm telling you, my baby is still alive. You stole my baby. I did not. Did too. Did not. Yes, huh? Nuh-uh. It was a classic she said, she said. 
No witnesses, no evidence, no DNA test to test whose baby was really whose. It would be one mother's word against another. And according to 1 Kings 3, both mothers were prostitutes, so they weren't always known for their sterling morals. But one of them had to be lying. But who? Solomon heard enough. He nodded, took a deep breath, and said, Okay, let me get this story straight. Both of you say the living baby is your baby and the dead baby is the other mother's baby. Is that about right? Both nodded. Okay. I know how to settle this. Guard, bring me a sword. Every eyebrow went up. One of the guards standing sentry delivered a sword to King Solomon. He held it by the handle and offered it to another guard standing nearby. I know how to solve this so everybody will be happy. Since you can't agree on who's the mother of the living baby, we will cut the living baby in half, and you can have one half, and you can have the other. That way everybody wins. That was the worst advice any king had ever given. Or so they thought. Suddenly, one of the women wailed. No, 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 don't do that. Don't, do, don't kill my baby. Give him, give him to her. I'd rather he live than, I, than just me win this argument. Just give him to her. And the other woman said with a scowl, You know what? That's a good idea. Go ahead. Cut him in half. He won't be yours and he won't be mine. It's a win-win. And while everyone looked aghast at how David's son could give such horrible advice, Solomon cashed in on his holy transaction, and he spoke with what would be later known as the wisdom of Solomon. He said, Give the baby to the woman who wants him to live. She's the real mother. All Solomon's critics' mouths hit the marble. Four verses ago, it was the most ridiculous advice any king had ever given. What had they done crowning David's son Solomon as the king? Didn't he know a divided baby is a dead baby? But now, they saw God had given him wisdom to know how to answer when there were no witnesses, no evidence, no DNA test. God gave Solomon everything he needed to lead God's people. And from that day on, everyone from everywhere would hear of the wisdom of Solomon. Now, you're probably not leading a country but you might be leading a county, or a city, or a church, or a company, or a department, or a team, or a family, or even your own life. Every one of us needs wisdom. When I pastored, many of the decisions I had to make were not right versus wrong. Those answers could be found in the Word of God. Many of the decisions were good versus best, and I did not know which one was which. I found myself praying often, God, please give me wisdom when I don't know what to do. And when there's not a clear right or wrong answer, please let me know which answer is best. According to James chapter 1, God promised we could ask for wisdom. If we go to the shelves and we find they're running low, we can simply ask in prayer and God would smile, he would open up the truck, and he would load wisdom right back on the shelves. Before you make another decision that will affect your life or somebody else's, Learn from Solomon, who had the wisdom to ask for wisdom. Ask God for what you desperately need, but do not have on your own. Ask God for wisdom. Let's pray right now. Perhaps you are making a decision. It could be you're getting ready to go into college or a job transfer, or you're looking to marry somebody, or you're looking to make a decision concerning a house to buy or a car to buy, or you're looking to make a decision 
concerning your health or somebody else's health, and you don't know what to do, let's pray for God to give you wisdom that he would show you what he wants you to do. Lord Jesus, today we come to you. We lack wisdom. We don't always know what to do. We lack direction. We don't always know which way to choose. We don't always know which way to go. And so we ask you today to lead us. We ask you for wisdom. You promised in your word we could ask and you would give liberally and you would not upbraid us. You would not reprimand or scold us. I thank you for that. I ask you today, help us to know what to do when there's not a right or wrong answer that we know of, but there's a good answer, there's a best answer. God, when we're making decisions concerning life choices and life changes, give us direction. Only you know the future. Only you know what will happen. And only you know what will happen as a result of the choices we make today. We pray today for wisdom and direction. We look to you. We lean on you. We trust you completely. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Be sure to subscribe, follow, like, share. Let others know about the podcast, and so hopefully they can be blessed, as I hope you have been blessed by it as well. Also, head over to PentecostalPublishing.com and pick up some resources. Three books I would love for you to check out. Simplify, the devotional that launched the podcast. Ten Words, a practical look at the Ten Commandments. And Blessed Are, a practical look at the Beatitudes, all available at PentecostalPublishing.com. And if you use promo code SIMPLIFY, you can get 10% off your entire order the first time you use that promo code. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion called The House Solomon Built. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.